And how do you, not only how do you allow yourself to shift and pivot, which is one of the hardest things we do as a human. It's like our big creative act, right? That we can do this, that we can change who we are and what we're doing and how we're showing up in the world and, and how we're serving other people. We can change all of that. How do you do that in public when we live in a culture where what if they say because you're shifting, you're flaky? Or what if they say because you've pivoted again, you don't know what you're doing? What if people look at it like you keep stepping down instead of the fact that you're actually spiraling upwards in a very natural progression? Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tradewell, founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. You are listening to the Online Creator Podcast, episode 30. Today, I'm speaking with Hunter Neeland Welling. She is a luxury marketing expert, business mentor, avid experimenter, and the founder of The Agency. Devoted to helping you turn the business you have into the business you want, she shares sustainable strategies and embodied practices to ease the way. Listen into the episode today to hear some unique ways she is adding private audio feeds to her business. You are going to love how she has implemented them into her coaching to help support her clients one-on-one without having to show up for live calls and to still add huge value and how she has structured her business to run 111 days out of the year. Welcome Hunter to the show. Hi Hunter. Thank you so much for joining me in a conversation today on the online creator podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's really good to be here. So the first question that I kind of lean into with all my guests, and I cannot wait to dive into more of what you do, because your title when I look on Instagram is Ease Architect, and I just find that super fascinating. And I know what you do is so, so important and the work that you do with your clients. So I can't wait to dive into that. But the first question I always open up the conversation with is, how have you leveraged your voice to better your business and brand? And maybe it, it's been a bit of a journey from what it looked like at the beginning to where you are now. Sure. Well, thank you for that introduction. Yeah. How have I leveraged my voice? I was thinking about this question a lot leading up to our interview. And it's like, I don't know how leveraging my voice hasn't been a part like it would be harder Mm -hmm. to pull out the ways that that hasn't been essential because what I'll say is my whole business I've owned my business for eight years this year so it's been a while it's had a lot of iterations and evolutions as have I in that time period and the only thing that has kind of been constant right is that it's me and my voice and my creative direction shaping which way it goes And so I found really early on, I'd had the privilege of consulting with and then working with some really interesting companies when I was was younger in high school and college. And so by the time I got out even and started my company, I knew that standing out and being myself and just saying things the way I would say it and not trying to sound like anybody else and being myself was going to be one of the most important things I could do because I'd been around enough to know that there were a million people who did the same work that I did. And what was going to be different was my voice and how I talk about it and how I think about it and how people feel in my presence and the experience I create. That was what was going to be different. And so the leveraging the voice has come through both just like the way I express my brand and try to make it sound very particular to me. But also there's that technical dimension of 
leveraging my voice has also meant being willing to stand on stages or get in front of microphones like this or um, leverage my voice into actually just speaking to my audience through audio content for them. So it, it's come up in so many ways. Has that always been an easy enough journey for you to be able to like open up and chat with others in that in all those different ways? Or is there one area that's easier than another? Like was your first taste at speaking and really authentically sharing who you are and your and building your brand? How did you do it in a way that felt right to you, if that makes sense? It's the most awful, uncomfortable, terrible thing. It feels like peeling my skin off every single time I do it is the honest answer. I would be totally mm -hmm. lying, like the vulnerability piece or the just putting yourself out there and knowing I often think about the fact that we live in a culture that really hyper values longevity and like mm -hmm. you say thing once and then you stick with that for forever and ever and right. ever. I'm a person. I started my business when I was like, I don't know how old I was in 2015. I don't yeah. know, <laughs> like 24. I don't know. I didn't know who the heck I was. I didn't know yeah. anything about my life. And so it's not always been easy. I think what I decided early on, maybe just out of necessity, I don't know, was just to do it. I, do, I would do it. Sometimes yeah. I would go like throw up before I did a podcast interview or something, you know, like yeah. whatever I had to do. But I just decided I was going to do that. Yeah. And I think, well, there's a couple of things there. I think it's interesting because it's not just about um, your personality and how you feel comfortable in showing up. It's also what you're saying. And I think that's another layer deep is it's once we get past, okay, yeah, we're a little bit more of an introvert and speaking, you know, like maybe on audio, it's easier than video, whatever. Once you get past that, it's like, what are your values? What are you standing behind too? Because that's the other piece that can be really intimidating to share. And I think when, you know, like we don't know each other, but what I have seen makes me feel like you, you just do it so naturally and in such a, a natural way that comes across as being, we all can do this if we mm -hmm. actually believe in ourselves enough. Because yeah, it's, I think it's just an, such an interesting journey. And this online space is so crazy. It's so weird. And for you to have eight years, like that is actually a very long time in this online space from what I am seeing anyways, like kudos to you for being able to change and evolve and pivot because I don't know if I've only been in this online space for three years this spring and I'm super proud of myself for getting here mm -hmm. and I'm really getting hung up on that next piece because I know it's a transition piece. I know it's a pivot piece. And it's not that I'm afraid to show up a little differently. It's just I it's just hard to shift. It's just hard for me to what does that exactly entail? Because we get so kind of comfortable. Oh my gosh, I'm all over the place. But you know what I mean? Like we just get so kind of comfortable in where we are and how we're showing oh. up. How do you yeah. gently nudge yourself to like switch again? Yeah, I'm just like furiously nodding along. Yeah. So like, I don't know if anybody will see the video. Yes, and I, I try to force myself because my tendency is to be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. like kind of like talking over you the whole yeah. time. But so I'm just like, yes, it's so hard. And how do you, not only how do you allow yourself to shift and pivot, which is one of the hardest things we do as a human. It's like our big creative act, right? That we can do this, that we can change who we are and what we're doing and how we're showing up in the world and and how we're, serving other people. We can change all of that. How do you do that in public when we live in a culture where what if they say because you're shifting, you're flaky? Or what if they say because you've pivoted again, you don't know what you're doing? What if people look at it like you keep stepping down instead of the fact that you're actually spiraling upwards in a very natural progression? You have to kind of stare that risk head on in the eye. And I think anybody who that doesn't make a little nervous, maybe maybe isn't looking around or fully acknowledging it because I don't know how you wouldn't yeah. be a smidge. It makes sense. And yet we do anyways. And so what I would say is it's funny. I'm like, I'm, I always think when I record these things, like what would somebody who lives in my home or whatever say after they listen to it? I'm sure there's a lot of it they would say it's not usually very graceful and stuff behind the scenes because what I am very clear on and I it's why my business has a name 
the agency, not my name. It's why I made that transition um, many years ago is because I had to create a brand that is not me. I had to create a brand that is not me. And my brand talks a certain way. And my brand exudes calm. And my brand is here to remind all of us that because I don't work with first responders in any capacity, our work is not an emergency and we can unrush and we can think about it and we can, you know, be thoughtful and intentional and strategic. It's not an emergency. That's a decision. I, Hunter and I, Lindwelling, the person on the other side of the screen, don't always feel that way. So I don't show up and talk and use my voice and stuff when I don't feel that way. I, I wait. And that and that's a piece of it. I've never been able to be a person who's on a rigorous, like, daily posting schedule or, for one, that just feels so extractive of my own time and energy. But for two, it's like, I don't have it in me to summon mm -hmm. the brand that I very intentionally craft on purpose because we all need that common studying thing. And if you're looking yeah. around for resources and a lifesaver, it's not helpful for you if I'm just like projecting mm -hmm. out my chaos because I didn't take a minute to gather myself. Uh, I love that. And I'm so glad you shared that because, you know, um, it's so important that we show up and, and speak how we should be speaking. But a lot of us are just like, there's so much noise out there and it's so hard to know how do we navigate this journey in a way that just feels authentically us? And I mean, you can't, you're not going to see Kim dancing and pointing. And I have no, I am not shaming anyone that's doing that. That's just not how I feel would be a true representative. Like, I'm not saying yeah. I don't like to dance. Yeah. That's a completely different story. Like, I mean, I love music. I love throwing it up on my, in my house. Like, I love all of that, but it's just, not how I want to show up for my business and for my clients. Right. So uh, kudos to everybody else that does that. But you just have to figure out what your own rhythm is. And I love that you identified that your brand needed to represent something a little bit different than, you know, traditional. Mm -hmm. from what we're Yeah. Saying. And, you know, what you're saying brings me back to something you mentioned earlier, which was like, how have I shown up with, with some level of ease? Because I also want to be clear that while there's nerves and there's fear and there's just comfort, discomfort. And I like to name that because I think sometimes people think, you know, if they just buy one more course on like how to be a better podcast guest or something, somehow the next time they show up to the interview, they won't be themselves. They won't feel the way they feel inside their skin and have the same like heart flutter that they have. And I, I don't know that anything you buy really changes the experience of being in your skin and doing hard things. And to answer your question, like, how is it easier? I only showed up in written formats for years of my business, and I only had a word of mouth business for years because that's how I excel. When I get in a conversation, you and I are having this conversation, I can do pretty much, you know, any remarkable thing I set my mind to, I often found in those early days, you know, sales calls and things very easy in this format. If you tried to throw me on a webinar in year one of my business, to like set up some paid ad funnel to the general public so I could be devoured by internet comments like I wouldn't be here I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have a business I started with conversation and then I love to write so I could write really really easy and then I started teaching in private communities and then I started podcasting out in public which again is like it's audio I don't usually have to like surface or anything like that it's it's conversational and then larger and larger and larger so like there has been a progression and I don't make myself do things that I'm not comfortable with. Like if you ask me to be a part of your like web TV series or something, I'm probably not going to do it. That sounds way harder than I'm going to get payoff out of it. Oh, I love that you just explained your progression a lot. Um, it, it is a journey. And I think you said earlier that you just have to start and you have to start somewhere and then you feel that and build that confidence within yourself. Because if you wait for the confidence, you'll never start. So I think that's really, really a valid point. The other thing that I find is super interesting from having these conversations and starting this podcast, because again, I've been helping others find their voice and I haven't found my own. So starting this has really pushed me into, and not that I don't love having conversations, because like you said, the one-on-one -on -one part, I got it. <laughs> I got, I got that right. nailed down. It's, it's just doing all the other things. And uh, from what I have found from the experience that I've had so far, is that when I talk to someone that this isn't their normal jam, 
they're, you know, you can tell that they're a little bit on their edge and, and just uncomfortable. When we start talking about what they're excited about, their whole face changes. And when you lean into that topic more, it's, it's so fun to watch. And after I've kind of, you know, stopped record and we've had a conversation to kind of debrief, that's what I recommend all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, do more of this. Do more mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. because that's where you will be able to start celebrating some of the, you know, wins or whatever you call them from putting ourselves out there and talking our passion and excitement and all that stuff. So I think that's really, really powerful that it's not just a, a leap, it's the steps in between that get us to where we need to be. Yeah, the steps, the steps create the leaps, right? They do. Yeah. And oh, what you're talking about, it's why I always do my client sessions either in person, face-to-face -face, or on video. Mm -hmm. And I've just mm -hmm. never been able to give that up because when you ask somebody, like with the work I do, you said my title is architect. So a lot of times I'm strategizing with people about really big, hard decisions of what direction do you take your business? What, how do you put yourself out there? What are you going to say? What are you going to risk? You know, these big things. I've never found a way to do that without watching what makes them crumple right in front of me and then what just makes them light up. Because if I just listen to the things they're saying, it's very rarely, you know, it, it doesn't always tell the full story, but you can watch those cues and then you can continue that. So I love that you're noticing that. Yes, you totally can. It's pretty fun and amazing to watch. Before we get into a little bit more of what you do, Tell us a little bit more about how you have used audio in different ways in your business, because I think it's pretty unique. And I mean, I love all the different ways to create audio. Podcasting mm -hmm. isn't for everyone, but audio can be. And, you know, when I start talking to clients about the possibilities, I just think it's amazing to hear how other people are actually tangibly putting that into action. Yeah. So I don't have a podcast. I appear as a podcast guest, you know, in different bits and spurts and seasons. So I love to guess, but in my own business, how I leverage it is I am so grateful for the advent of the of private podcasting software. I use Hello Audio. And at this juncture in my business, every program I create, masterclass I teach, you know, whether it's free or paid or anything, if we're doing some sort of training session and there's a replay, uh, you know, of any sort of video, I also have a podcast version so people can watch or listen. So that's how it started. That's how I started using it. I thought, oh, this is really cool. I know for me, as much as I have great intentions when I have courses and things like that, if I have to watch videos, I almost never get around to doing it. I'm a, I'm a mom. I, I do carpool and stuff for my niece too. And it's just like, I'm all, I'm all over the place. And so like being able to throw in like my earbuds and just listen to a training, I, I would get them done. And so then people started sending me them and I was like, I have to do this. So that was my original intention. I was just like, I just want to make replays easier <laughs> for people. So they're not having to like turn on the video and throw it in their pocket and hope they don't like call a million people. So I started there, but now I've been running a program for the last yearish and called school of simplicity and i started playing around with what if we do some classes just as audio series like what if they're just podcasts what if there's no video what if there's no slide deck what if i just show up and in little bite size five to 15 minute chunks i break down and have a conversation about you know, about difficult topics or about things that just don't do well being presented linearly. Um, and it has, they've been the most talked about classes that I've done the last two semesters. Oh my gosh. I love that. So do you present them individually? Like how big are your classes, I guess? Like, or is it just like, it's like everybody gets access to the same audio learning? Yeah, everybody. So if you join my School of Simplicity programs, they're usually a series of like five to six classes that I drop throughout the academic semester. You know, we did it okay, in the fall yeah. semester, last semester, and now we just yeah. did it. We're doing it in the spring. And so they drop every few weeks. There's a new class. And sometimes it's a live, you know, web and like masterclass style training. Sure. Or have the slide deck and all. But for the podcast ones, we have a school podcast feed. 
and I upload all the replays for it anyways. So I just, I just drop them directly into that feed class five, episode one, class five, episode two, class five, episode three, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, we've done three, I think I've done three of them now and they've been so good. And, And just to give you context, like some of the ones I've done is one of them, we did it around like cash infusion strategies because a lot of people last um especially in the mm-hmm. fall we're really wondering like how do we drum up some end of year cash yeah and i had a ton of ideas and i could give them a ton of verbal examples from things i've done myself that work well and things that i've done for clients and and businesses and other mm-hmm. agencies that work well but it wasn't stuff that i want like i couldn't figure out a way to neatly just share all of that in a slide you know slides right. it, it yeah. was very fruitful. so instead we just had a chance where i could do a ton of episodes and pick different ones and and brainstorm we just did one on how to have boundaries in your business so i got to have yes. conversations about how do you find your values how do you mm-hmm. you know how do you find those uncomfortable risks you're willing to take and the ones you're not and then we got to just play around with some boundaries again just these kind of conversational off the top of my head things that if i tried to do it and rehearse it and all of that it would we never come out right well, yeah. And, and what I'm hearing and you have already mentioned from more people in this online space, like everybody wants to learn more. I mean, uh, if you're here, you really want to do the best you can. So learning and self-development is always going to be a piece of it. But we're all busy. We're all busy. So making the content as accessible as possible, because you're right, if it's just a video, like I, I'm sitting in front of these screens enough. And that was something in the new year that I was like, very, very adamant about, I have to get out of these four walls, because I'm doing this to be able to have time freedom, not to be sucked in front of, you know, two monitors every day. And so if I'm doing self-development, I want to be doing it on the go. I want to be doing it while I'm prepping food, while I'm still in the car because I'm still driving one kid around too. And yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I love that you are playing with it because that's the other thing too, is that audio is so fun. Like it's, and maybe you can add your experience. Like it's not as time consuming as having to do slide decks and all the other things like you can trial and error error it a little bit quicker than I think you can if you are trying to do a a traditional webinar and all those things that's just my experience from working in it and doing it myself but yeah yeah, I I love that you've been playing with it yeah I definitely feel the same way I feel very free to experiment I I found very early on in my business everybody's different like I have one Mm. client who like she is so brilliant and what she can do is video and like okay. we'll have a conversation and we'll get off our coaching call at 10 and by 10 20 I open up my email and she's like emailed everybody this great new video and for me yeah. that would be like a seven hour production I yeah. just there's something about it I can't stop fussing yeah. with it I'm slower with the tech it's just who I am. Like, it's fine. Yeah, We're just all too. different. So yeah. I love to acknowledge that maybe, you know, you're somebody who does shine. But for me, it's very quick. It's very yeah. iterative. Yeah. And um, I find that, you know, we talked about like leveraging the voice and the unique brand mm-hmm. voice. From the beginning, I decided that my brand voice, it's very conversational. I always try to make mm-hmm. it like I'm just writing a letter to you. We're just sitting down in my house. We're just having a conversation. And so other ways I've used audio is, you know, sometimes I'll just record like a Voxer note and you can grab Mm -hmm. the public link if you're on your desktop and not on your phone. And I'll just email out my list a Voxer that they can just listen to. And they feel like I'm just talking in their ear and sharing something really, you know, it has that wonderful quality. And for me, I just, I'm walking around my house, probably like (laughs) playing with my cat. So it's great. The other cool way I think you'll like that I've been using audio this year and using Hello Audio is for my mastermind steady inquiries. We have a hotline. I set it up through Typeform. People can access it anytime. It looks like they're texting with me and they can ask me questions or ask me to review things. And so that's how I give support. And then when I get the questions in, I answer them via a podcast episode and I upload it to our mastermind podcast feed. So that way we don't do group coaching calls. I'm so, I have big feelings about all these programs that have all these calls to put on a schedule. Like I don't understand when anybody is running their actual business when I look at the masterminds and group programs that they're in because I know what the call schedules are and I just don't know how 
I don't know how you can be doing it all. So this way, but group coaching is so powerful because you asking a question that I didn't even know I should be asking, right, can then make me go look at my business differently. Or you might say something that sparks ideas, or I might share an answer to one solution, but you see how it can apply to your situations. That's really way more powerful than a one-on-one. So doing it with a podcast, I can just record, you know, sometimes they're three minutes, sometimes they're 20 minutes and drop them and people can just listen to the episodes that excite them or are about them or the show notes can have the templates and things they need. And now I do that in almost all of my, my higher in programs, you know, and they've been, it's been so fun. Well, and honestly, it's a win-win for both. It's a win for you as, you know, the person who's running the program, because it's time freedom for you. And plus you're like, it's way more natural because it's like off the cuff and it's like in the moment more, I almost feel. Mm -hmm. And the people that are getting and gaining the information from you can do it on their terms. And like you said, dive into those areas that are really valid to what they're going through in that moment. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Hello Audio too and all the different ways. And it's so funny because, you know, when I start talking about private audio feeds with other people they're like well what are you talking about and I'm like how do you not know about private feeds it's It's, so cool it's It's so so cool cool. I mean it's so cool everybody should be playing with them yeah yes yes so I love that I'm going to let you in on a little secret private audio feeds This means you can take the audio from content you've already created and share it with your paying customers. With Hello Audio, you can create private audio feeds in minutes. Check out the show notes for the link or go to helloaudio.fm for more information. Okay, let's dive into what you do because I think, again, I said it in the beginning, how you approach business is so unique. You have structured out a 111 workday year. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what that means because I mean, sign this girl up. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's like a dream. Like how, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did this come from? Okay. So to say this is my, going to be, we're in the middle of my second 111 workday year. So 2022 is the first, it's 2023. That's the second. We'd have to kind of back up a little bit to 2019 because in 2019, I reinvented my business. The agency has its name and is what it is because I started as a digital marketing agency. And, you know, so I had a team that would white label under me and all all this stuff. And all well and good was hitting all those six-figure goals that are supposed to make you really happy, except for I hated it. I hated running an agency. I was working all the time. I was working 60 hours a week with a good good week and I completely burnt out and got very, very sick. So I reinvented my business, kept the name because clever, right? <laughs> and and when I was reinventing it, I I was very, very ill. So I had to work much less hours. But I had a mortgage to pay and I was a single mom and, you know, like <laughs> supporting us. So it's like, okay. So that's when I started doing my fractional CMO services, working as people's chief marketing officer for a day a month and then being kind of on call over Voxer, but otherwise, you know, off schedule. And I did that because I needed a high end retainer service, you know, that I could bring my really good, my really tangible skills to people, but not be working most of the time, like have one focused day. And then the rest of my week, you know, if I needed to recover from that one day for the rest of the week, I could. Well, with that, what I found was since my business was then delivering the services that paid all of my bills and covered all my business expenses, you know, did what I needed to do, gave me good income, was taking like less than 25% of my working time. I suddenly was doing all the things that I'd always wanted to do for my business. I was marketing my business. I was doing podcast interviews. I created my first course and then a lot of other things. You know, I'd been in business for a long time by then. I'd, that's like halfway through my business trajectory. But I'd never had the capacity to do that because I was so busy working with clients. So I got all this free time. And so I really realized that that having only a fraction of your time go to client delivery 
was essential, really, really essential. And that started me playing with a lightened work year because I realized I'm not the kind of person that a 40-hour work week was made for. Quite frankly, I don't think it was made for any humans. I think it was made for capitalism. But, you know, I am a disabled woman with a child who has to commute to school pickups. It is what it is. And even when I had my partner during, you know, COVID quit to be a stay-at-home dad, it's just like, I get migraines half the time. Like, when am I supposed to work 40 hours a week and recover from that? It doesn't work. So I was already experimenting with a lightened work year. And at the end of 2021, we went on a totally unplugged vacation for the first time since I'd owned my business. I'd taken good breaks. I think people thought of me as somebody who had really good boundaries between work and business. And I, I did with like my clients, but I was always on in my business. I was always thinking about it. I was always chatting with business friends on Instagram. Like I was always on. And we went away for a week to Cape Cod with like no internet and no cell service for the whole week. It's the best therapy I think everybody should go like be forced to detox from the internet for a week. And that's when I went this. I don't think my ancestors are looking at me at this dimension of my life and thinking I have it better than them. I don't think that this is actually any sort of balance or life. I have the boundaries. I have some sort of autonomy, but I am always mentally plugged into this. And I knew I needed a structure to force me to divest from that because I was never going to do it willingly, right? Because there was always going to be more money I could make or more relationships I could build or more visibility I could. There was always going to be something. So that's why I created the 111 workday year as I looked at, I just did a huge deep dive. I used deep dive into how much humans have worked over history. And I found that right now, the typical United States citizen or person in North America works about 250 days a year. And that is phenomenally higher than humans throughout history. Because even in, you know, when you're living in the Middle Ages and you're doing like growing farm labor, there's so many community seasonal and religious celebrations that demanded a week off for this and two weeks off for this and you know four days for this that overall collectively they rested more and i just wanted to do better so i just looked at how much how much i felt like my people had worked in the past and i said i want to work a little less than that i think that's okay yes i am like I, I can agree with you more. And I think it's it's just so interesting because when you see people around you that are getting exhausted, just, you know, I have a really good friend who's a teacher and she's just all exhausted. It's only Easter. Like she still has a couple more months yet. And I'm like, what do you, how we talked about how if you're a teacher, it kind of works in seasons because you got to kind of like get to the next break and then you yeah, can calm yeah. down and then you have the summer off. So isn't that great? Everybody wants to be a teacher because you got the summer off. And she's like, yeah, like, no. <laughs> it's exhausting yeah. it's exhausting and then right and that's just one profession and then when I see it as a you know as through the lens of of a parent and looking at both of my kids especially my son and how he learns so differently and me and my husband keep talking we're like what is he gonna do like because he is not built like from what we see he is not built for traditional nine to five eight to five or a shift worker you know, he's he's super smart and brilliant in his own way, but he just thinks differently. And so I think there are so many opportunities now for us to be able to make money and make a living differently than our ancestors. That's traditional. And that's mm -hmm. even been a hard shift because I still can't even really talk to people, even though I've been doing this for three years in my circle, in my world here, because I just think I'm doing a hobby. Um it seriously is well, true. Let it's me like, tell you, honestly. eight years in, that doesn't change. <laughs> great. That's great. That's great. But you know what? I'm always up for a challenge. I love, it's not like that I'm trying to prove something to someone, maybe more so to myself, that I can create a business that allows me to have time freedom. I can create a business that, you know, showcases what I can do and, and the excitement and joy that brings, you know, because we only have this one life to live. I also want to create a business so that my kids can see what is possible. Not that they have to do the same thing as me, but what is possible if we just try. But I think 
what you do is so powerful because we do get overwhelmed. We do get, I, I don't want to be where my friend is just completely exhausted. And I did say that, you know, this year I was going to try to be consciously aware, but it's tough. I feel like you, you get such into a hamster wheel. So I am at the stage of scaling and I'm sure you see this lots with the clients that you work with. How, how do you get them into transition? And maybe it's probably through a framework that you work with them on or different stages. Like, how do you get out enough? How do you create enough white space in your week, in your day, in your month to be able to look from a different lens so that a 111 day work day is potentially possible? Because I feel like there's so many of us that are in the weeds and in the service work that are, we're making money, we're serving other people. How do we look differently? So what, is, what does that look like? Yeah. So this is interesting. This is why if everybody goes and looks, I'm like really excited about this question. I, I want us to dive in. But honestly, coming to terms with the honest answer to this question is why when your people go look at my Instagram and everything after this, it's all under construction and I'm reworking it because... The honest answer to that is I noticed that this past in, in 2022, people started following me, wanting to create ease in their business. And so what they started doing was copying the things that I was selling <laughs> that teach them about my strategies, you know? So they started copying the frameworks of the kinds of programs I sell and the, the this and that. And the truth is, like, I created the sustainable, ease-driven business that let me experiment and play with these programs and stuff, not by selling programs. I did not make a financially sustainable business with 1,600 Instagram followers that has supported my family for eight years by selling $800 or $500 programs. That math doesn't math. So, if you're stuck in the weeds, what I want to say is there are so many people financially incentivized to sell you busy work making more stuff that does not make enough money for the math to ever math into some sort of financial and energetic sustainability. And we just have to do honest business math. The online business culture tries to obscure real business math. And so I'm saying that because the way I did it was I sold high-end retainer services that I could sell for like $3,000 a month for a day of my time, leveraging all of the knowledge in my head and everything that I'd built, not necessarily my business, but going back to every job I've ever had that has given me some tool or skill or asset, you know, I took an honest look at that expensive expertise that already exists inside my brain and I didn't start doing anything differently. Honestly, when I sold that $3,000 package, two of the people who signed up were clients who had been paying me $800 a month to do work that wasn't very different. <laughs> I was just undercharging and not positioning well and, you know, not branding and packaging things to where people understood the full value they were getting. So they were buying Instagram management or whatever and winding up getting my consulting on their entire product suite because I didn't want to waste my time writing captions <laughs> on a bad product suite. And I wasn't charging for it. And so I just started charging for the smart stuff I was already doing. And that's how I got out of the weeds. And I like to be really explicitly clear about that because I don't know that I ever would have if I just kept doing what so many coaches and programs were saying was to create this funnel and sell this course and this 47 thing to this 100 thing to this $2,000 thing. No, I did it because people were paying me $3,000 a month on six to 12 month contracts. Do you know what that does for your nervous system? <laughs> Do you know what that does for your bank that's account? Huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. It's yeah. it's incredible because even just like what you said there, I I always include a strategy call once a month in my higher packages. And you know, I recently onboarded a new clients in January and they were like, well, like, what is the strategy call all about? Like, what are we, I'm like, well, if you, if you're not looking at what you're doing and creating audio assets in a bigger picture, then what's the point? Like, I mean, well, I guess you could, like you could just, and lots of people do that and that's fine. But what if we could do this, this or this? And they were like, what? 
right? Yes. And and that's the part that's so exciting is what you could see if you just sat back and go, what is possible? If that's what you're, if that's what you enjoy. But I love that you said it was so frustrating. And there's so many pieces of that that, are, that resonate with me and I know will resonate with others. We don't have to structure our business the same as everyone else. We, we can lean into the areas and try and experiment. That's why we're doing this. Try and experiment to see what feels right and what's energetically aligned, like you said, and not be afraid. I think that's the other piece too, right? Because of mindset, like, yeah, everybody can say mindset in so many different ways. But if we don't allow ourselves some grace to be able to try what is possible, then we're always going to be on this wheel. Well, and that's exactly what people run into. And I want to say, if you, if you feel yourself stuck on mm-hmm. that fear and that hamster wheel, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. So there's no judgment at all. But what I will say is I think everybody should open up, you know, every, here in the U.S., everybody's about to file their tax return or whatever. But mm-hmm. look at how much you spent last year on information products and courses and coaches and masterminds. And there's a place for those. And I coach people. I'm, I'm saying this for as somebody sure. who sells educational programs and coaching. So like I understand there's such a place. I have coaches as yeah. well. But look at how much you spent. Mm-hmm. Just be curious because what I have noticed, what has been explicitly clear, like could not be a clearer pattern I've worked with now, you know, I've taught, mentored, coached thousands of people. <laughs> and what I will say is people buy stuff to tell them what to do because it feels like it outsources the risk. Like if it fails, it's not going to be my fault. It's going to be the fault of this system that I just paid $2,000 for or whatever. And then I can blame the system. And I don't even think 99% of the time that's a conscious thought at all. It's a very subconscious thing. We just want to do some risk management. The interesting thing is it doesn't work except for to give you some emotional risk management when it almost inevitably does fail. Because the strategy that was going to work for you was always going to be you taking bits and pieces of inspiration and making it yours. It was always going to be your own ideas. And like for you, whatever just makes you so Kim, like whatever is just the way you can't help but doing it. You know, I mentioned my client earlier, who can just whip up those videos. You know what? There was a minute where she tried doing things like me. We are totally different people. She's a bubbly extrovert who just lights up when a room of people are like moths to her. And I love that for a minute, but I will need a three-week vacation afterwards. And for like, yes. how yes. would what works for me and what I can sustain yes. day after day work for her? None of it is a magical button. Mm -hmm. I think there's sometimes some magical thinking that comes up where we think, I'm going to turn this one strategy on. I'm going to create this one asset. I'm going to implement this one thing. And because I've done that, it's just going to work. And I'm not going to, it doesn't matter if I'm not an introvert. It doesn't matter if I don't like writing. It doesn't matter because it's just going to be a magic easy button. No, it's going to be a practice that you have to show up and sustain and feed day after day. Is it the one you want to do? That's the more generative question to ask in your business. So when you think of how do I light up? What flows easy? If you're, you're going to have to market your business all the time that you have a business, anybody who tells you otherwise is not being honest. You always, you're never going to set up a strategy that eliminates the need for marketing. So how can you do that? How do you want to show up and do that? I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Pick a platform that you know you will show up for. If videos it, great. If writing's it, great. If audio's it, great. But pick one mm-hmm. that that allows you to show back up for because we're going to have to do it time and time again. So so much good stuff. If someone wants to get into your world to learn more about what you do and, and how to get there and need some support, how what's the best way to find you to ask? Because I, I know I signed up for something, but it's, it was your private audio feed because I, I love hearing and seeing how people are using it differently in their businesses. So um, yeah. But yeah, what's the best way for someone to tap into your world? 
Sure. Instagram is the only social media I'm on. I'm at the agency. So that'll be in the notes. So you, anybody can spell it and all. So I would love for you to connect there. And quite frankly, I'm not actively on social media right now. I've taken a big detox, my brain. I've worked in digital marketing since 2008 and I've been off social media since December and I'm just enjoying being a human out on the in the three-dimensional world. But go follow me and whenever I, if ever I do reemerge on yeah. social media, I'll be there and the links are all accurate and you can find all the things you need there at least. Or my website is theagency.com. I like it a lot. It's my kind of little online magazine home for you to explore mm-hmm. my world and my offerings and there's free resources. And if your listeners want to uh, here's some of these creative uses of like private audio. I have a membership called Ease Ed, and it's just it's just bite-sized gems, little strategies, templates, resources, prompts, questions that I pull from my client work of, here, we're not sitting together doing a deep dive to reinvent your business, but if you could ask yourself one question or do one thing this week to make it easier, what would it be? And I send it via email and podcast so you can consume it however you want. And your people can get a year, the year for free if they, there'll be a link in the show notes. I love that. I will absolutely have it all in the show notes. Before I let you go, I love asking my guests a few rapid fire questions just to get a little bit more insight of who you are. And it's just fun and easy. So yeah, here we go. I'm ready, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're easy, I, I promise. I know you said that you tend to be kind of a quieter person obviously you don't show up on social media all the times how do you stay creative and excited about showing up the next day like for your work and for your clients what do you do Mm -hmm. well there's one I mean so I'll give you the philosophical and then the tangible I mean the philosophical is I have to have something to kind of root into of why my work matters why it's worth showing up for. And it's simply that I believe it's important for me to build the world my daughter deserves to inhabit, that my inner child deserves to inhabit, you know, the world we all deserve to inhabit. And I can honestly say my clients are the kinds of experts and thought leaders and movers and shakers on purpose. I choose them that way um, that are doing that. And so that just kind of on a foundational level gives me that lift. Okay. Even if today is a day of ad- administrative work and emails or, you know, whatever, showing up on Instagram stories, that like that is a purpose worth showing up for. But then I will say that the daily practice of that creativity is considering creativity a practice and considering showing up a practice and never expecting myself to just magically generate feelings of readiness or excitement at will, but just knowing like, I'm going to have to have some sort of practice. So, you know, when I am frequent on Instagram, people who have followed me in the past will know, or when I emerge, I'm sure we'll see again. I do things like I'll share my daily agenda every morning, at least like four or five days a week to start the day. And I'll say good morning to my people and tell them three really good, beautiful things in my world. You know, and that might be that the sun looked beautiful and that I'm having a conversation with somebody I'm excited about today or whatever. But having that gratitude and daily practice, why? Because if I show up and do those things on Instagram when I don't feel ready and I don't feel confident and I don't feel like I care, by the time I'm done and I'm talking to some people, I will probably feel more ready and more confident to say something more meaningful later that day. So it's practices and practices around emptying. I think your brain and getting off your phone, taking walks around your neighborhood without your phone and without your headphones in and, you know, without the private audio space to let yourself kind of fill back up is such an important practice for being creative. So many good pieces there. I know we took a a holiday with the kids in February. We were fortunate enough to go on one and we hadn't been on one in about about three years. And I was like, nope, I'm not taking any self-development books. I'm just taking a book for entertainment. Mm-hmm. That was my only mm-hmm. chore for the whole week, and it was fabulous. So I'm oh, all for unplugging that. and just relaxing, and I think it's so powerful and important. And the other thing that you said, we get to choose who we work with just as much as our clients get to choose us. And so I think that's really important to reiterate and powerful because, yeah, I want to be spending my time with people that I aspire to be or that you know, I I am just so proud of. So I love that you mentioned that. And I just had to reiterate that. 
What are you, I know you've been in the field for, like you said, you're a, a veteran in this online digital space, but what is something that you are most proud of that you have accomplished and from taking this step and adventure for yourself and for your family? Hmm. I am so, it's one of those things, like thinking about how proud I am of my own business in all of its iterations and all its imperfections and not because it's a flawless business, but I'm like so proud of it. I mean, I like feel like, you know, tears could well up. It's remarkable because it is, it has been a path towards freedom and autonomy. You talked about your son who, you know, doesn't fit inside the box and can't hold down traditional employment. I'm autistic. I have CPTSD. I have chronic health conditions. I don't fit inside the box. Every I'd had lots of jobs. I burned out from all of them. And I was either, you know, encouraged to move on or moved on after about a year and a half from a lot of them because before I found working for myself and working remote and and freelancing because I just didn't I can't sit in a fluorescent lit room for eight hours and survive and so this business means that I've navigated some of the hardest years of my life I've navigated raising my business turning eight this year my kids turning 10 I've been raising a you know a child I've gotten divorced. I've bought and sold a house. I've met Mr. Babes that people hear about, and we've gotten engaged and together. And all of this has been afforded quite literally and tangibly by my business. And so it's just the fact that it has been something that could grow and shift. And I didn't have to stay the same person. I could stay steady with that. I mean, my longest job before that was two years. So I think that's what I'm proud of, that I built something with staying power by listening to what I need and not being too precious with anything. I've I've killed all of my darlings in my business. So it's less about the things that I've built and more just the willingness to let the beautiful things I've built go when they're not the thing anymore. Uh, And we are just going to leave that right there because I think that's just so fitting to end this conversation with. And thoughtful for others that are listening to really just allow yourself the opportunity to see what is possible if you allow it to be. So I appreciate you so much. I've enjoyed this conversation and thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me and for holding the space. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, and please join the conversation over on Instagram at me and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.